Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Chops here along with J-Lo. J-Lo, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing great. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. And that's a hint of what we're going to be talking about today as we did another one of our Tuesdays. Well, let's just watch something and get it on the books and let's go ahead and talk about it. We were trying to figure out what to do and I remembered that there was something on Netflix that I had wanted to watch because for some reason... I keep buying into and keep watching all the Adam Sandler movies that they put out on Netflix. You do. Every time one drops, you're like, should we watch this? I'm like, no, we should. And you're like, I think we're going to watch it. Like, it probably won't be that good. It'll probably be pretty similar to all the other ones. Because I guess there's like two, maybe three categories for the Adam Sandler, like Happy Madison produced ones for Netflix. One is he's not in it at all. And it is literally just for David Spade or Rob Schneider or the guy who talks like this to yeah, like to have their mortgage, yeah. yeah, to have something to do and to have some work done. The other one is like hyper reality ones where, like the ridiculous six, where it was like a western, and that's like considered like the worst one of the lot. But I'm also thinking of can't remember if this one was specifically. You Netflix, thought about like, these movies way too much. You know, like the Sandy Wexler one where he played like a. Some sort of talent agent, but like clearly it's all, it's just too far fetched to even be real at all. Then there's like these ones that I are, have no idea doesn't what. matter. Then there's these <laughs> ones, which is what we're going to talk about today, where it's like grounded enough and it's comedic. So, like, yeah, it has some of those, those points where it, it goes a little broad, but for the most part, it's like, okay, it's, yeah, believable little family story. I, I would think of the week of the one with Chris Rock and the two kids getting married and Adam Sandler's the, the father of the bride. That one is a very similar vein to this one. But the real question is, at the end of the movie, the little bit that they, or a lot of bit, that they try to undercut you with the sappy emotion of either a father-son relationship, maybe a best friend-teenage girl relationship, whatever it's going to be, does it actually work or is it just cheap at the very end? And like, oh, of course that would pull on your heartstrings. This is a well-done scene, but did the movie actually earn it? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But the most recent Adam Sandler uh, <laughs> addition to the Netflix family of movies with him is You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Let's be very frank here, people. We're starting to feel the effects of this SAG after strike and their slim pickings, okay? so Not a lot so of new stuff can, coming out. You can judge us for these picks, but you could also... You know De what I mean? Like, don't judge us for what we're watching right now. There's not a ton happening. Definitely no new stuff being produced. And I think another hard part about it is sometimes, at least for us, based on like what we follow on Twitter, what we look at on YouTube, our social media feeds for sure, lead us into like, oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds cool. And all that like promotional stuff, all those press junkets, junkets are gone. Yeah. Right now, we don't have any of that. So, yeah, it's yeah. like every week it's like, well, what should we talk about? We did watch another six hours of Friday Night Lights over this past week. Should we do something else? So we, we try to do something else. 
We watched an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, so we don't care if you don't want to hear about the newest Adam Sandler movie, because you're gonna. It's what you're gonna hear about, because Adam Sandler's not gonna stop making movies, and I'm not gonna stop talking about Adam Sandler movies. Tell him. What did we do? The Murder Mystery 2? We did that oh, God. a while ago as well. What a waste well. of time. This was better than that. This was better than that. I think what made this better is Adam Sandler was there, um, but he was not the focal point of it. He finally like gets a pass for putting his kids in the movie because he just made this one. The main character is one of his kids. And it's like, all right, well, if you're actually going to like make the movie for her, then it's better than just like your kids showing up at the resort that you happen to be filming at this month. Because this one also isn't like in like a, a really great locale or anything. So it does seem it seems like that's the, the first key to like, OK, he cares a little bit. But I think he also got. Uh, a little bit of best of both worlds in this one because he essentially just got to play himself and except for at the bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah scenes which he was complaining about wearing a suit in he was dressed like adam sandler big baggy shirts they were like hawaiian print polos big baggy gym shorts and tennis shoes and that's basically what unless he was in a suit that's what his character was in the whole t- the whole time, and he's like, "Yeah, if we write this for my character, then I'm totally gonna do this movie. I'm totally gonna do it with for my daughter. His other daughter's in it. There's a third daughter in it. His wife is in it. It's a whole Sandler family shebang." Yeah, the most believable. Not no, I'm not even gonna say that. I retract that. It was pretty believable the whole thing, except that like these parents who were clearly like wealthy. LA people couldn't like not afford this bar mitzvah thing like everything she wanted because they did it for her anyway so the <laughs> right. only thing that they didn't they really did get it. was Dua Lipa or Olivia Rodrigo well it was originally supposed to be on a yacht it looked like yeah, it ended up being that's in- true it was supposed to be on a yacht but also um they didn't have her oh what was the one thing that they were gonna do never mind so it's all pretty believable. Adam's I, I feel like I think I could walk into a mall and see Adam Sandler sleeping in the shoe aisle. And then like Louise Guzman is there too. Yeah, just in the wild. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I could walk around LA and see that. Oh, that was funny while we were watching it, you pointed out something that for you at least, you were like, This is the most accurate. An event the dad doesn't want to go to and the the mom was driving. Dude, I can't tell you how many times we've had to go to like some family event where like my dad does not give a shit. So he makes my stepmom drive everywhere. Well, I, I've slowly been transforming us into a family that is that way. Yeah, slowly but surely. Everyone's well, do you want to drive? You should, you should probably drive. This would be good practice. For Swear you. to God, I don't want to. Really don't. I will say it did take me out of the movie, even though I wasn't like totally immersed in this different world. But uh, when the friend's mom comes to pick the two girls up and the friend's mom is actually Adam Sandler's wife and the main character's mother and they look exactly alike. I don't believe that that's that the your child isn't your child because you look identical there are some scenes, though, with Adam Sandler's wife and the character she's playing, which is, yeah, the friend's mom, where as the, as the movie goes on and you see what they ask of Adina Menzel, right? That's how you say it. Yeah. Better than John Travolta, I guess. Um, you're like, well, I get why they went with her to be the mom instead of Adam Sandler's wife. No real offense. No shade. But she's not that great of an actress. Yeah. I think the eldest sister was good. 
Yeah. Good I thought the main girl the was fine. I think the main girl with some time will be there definitely passed. There were a few points where we were like, oh, maybe you should have gotten another take. It's definitely not delivery. like a, oh, you're like a Sofia Coppola, you know, like behind the screens. No, and Adam Sandler but, straight to Netflix <laughs> movies also aren't Godfather Part 3, so that helps. Correct, right? So to a lesser extent. Uh <laughs> His son didn't show up in it. You know, he's got the like the blonde curly hair. He's been in a few of these mm. before, but he did not show up in this one. Um, but it's definitely like a coming of age movie, which is something I always like. So I was I, I was bought in right away. And then as it started, I realized that you weren't gonna like it because yeah. you hate cringy middle school, high school girl type subject matter yeah i um, tend to hate anything that's like pen 15 that too, really you too couldn't realistic even watch too close to home that like i have a really bad uh second hand second hand embarrassment i don't know if anyone else is similar to me in that like if something embarrassing happens to someone else it might as well be me like i have i like full body cringe I cannot handle it. Especially it makes if you me feel like so it, uncomfortable. Especially if you then feel like it is something that kind of happened to you or something you can relate to. I think that's yeah. why this stuff really, really hits you hard. And for the worst thing about it is these two girls who are very good friends. They're they're breaking up their friendship over a guy who is not worth it. He's, <laughs> he's just boring. Over like a loaf of bread. He's really, just like, like a loaf of white bread he's stale just, white bread yeah some sort of ball of slang and like chill vibes but he doesn't seem to have any real personality besides he plays soccer now he's 13 years old right so like his most egregious offense is so low on the offense list that it doesn't matter but like he's a dumb boy and like you just you know these girlies have been through so much together already that you're like come on guys like He's also very clearly on a mission to kiss every girl in the seventh grade. Yeah, and he's a little slut. Hey, we don't slut shame on Chops TV. That's true. Sex work is work. But yeah, the... Except not around 13. That's not what I meant. I meant you're right, is what I'm saying. Don't slut shame 13-year-old boys. Right. Uh, She gets kicked in the head by a soccer ball from the boy at one point. That's an inciting incident. Romance. Then there's... Then... You can tell that, like, there's still, like, a little bit of Adam Sandler in it as there is some, like, what's the girl version of all the humor we normally tell? Periods and what they are labeling as front farts. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'll let everybody fill in the blanks. They did say queef. They did say it at least once. Yeah. I guess we don't have to let people fill in the blanks. Sorry. You can bleep that out if you want. (laughs) (laughs) When uh, she's putting together the... For you, which one was worse of, of the moment to watch when... The, they were playing the video that like showed the embarrassing moments of of her friend when she jumped off the cliff and her maxi pad was starting to float in the water. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Or when she goes to the party and sees the boy she likes making out with her friend. Oh, oh man. See, they're all so bad in different ways. Um, the maxi pad one was pretty bad, but the girls in the situation were like kind of lessening it like in that very moment like everyone kind of started to laugh or whatever but then one of the boys was like something like oh it looks like an extra big one or whatever turn the ledge into the red sea yeah and then the girls were like it's a period it's normal it happens every month so like you know that one wasn't as bad definitely as that the video playing because like the mom 
So I'm not a parent. And I will not be a parent to a 13-year-old girl anytime soon. However, there has to be like a sense of Like privacy. a quality control? What? Oh, I thought you were talking about the video, right? I mean, yeah, I I'm guess. just saying, how did nobody catch this video before it was being played That's on the true. big board for everybody ask, to see? I did ask like why the friend's mom wouldn't have watched it before she played it at the thing. But more importantly, there has to be like a sense of privacy, right? Like a personal belongings and like trust, right? So you have to like let your kid do that. Clearly, she told you it was ready, but that does not give you the onus to go into her laptop and send it to the other parent. Yeah, that maybe is- that's a conversation to have with I, now. I think you know it's all being exacerbated by the, because she's in big trouble right now because she was caught in temple kissing the boy and all that stuff so maybe she just thought i'll just take care of this so nobody has to worry about it but it does feel like a hey i was talking to lydia's mom and she was saying about that video you said you finished it can we send it over to her and then i don't know figure it out from there but instead yeah she does just go into her laptop and just take it but isn't that how parents operate i don't know if anybody out there is a parent let us know but like don't you just have access to your kids' electronics? Well, Mark, I don't know if you've ever been a teenage girl or not. Have you or have you not? No, I have not. Okay, then. So for teenage girls and their parents, they once once you hit 13, I feel like you enter like a contract almost where like if one side of the party breaches the contract, it is a break of trust, right? And it's very hard to come back from that trust. Now, before technology, this would be equivalent to like your diary or something. If you go into the girl's diary, that is a major that is a major breach of the contract. You don't do that shit. Nowadays, it's a cell phone, right? Because mm-hmm. like your whole life is in that thing. So, what age do you think that becomes that like like you gain? Yeah, that little those bits of privacy as you grow up. And I guess especially in you know this movie is very explicit with like the Jewish culture and like what it means to go through a bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah. And you, you become, it's like your step into adulthood there. So I guess, yeah, I mean, I could agree with you, but I just feel like, yeah, there's probably parents, lots of parents who just say, I bought it. It's it's yes. hers, but yeah. it's my property and I'll go into it whenever I want. Yeah, I think if you're like a very cool and understanding parent, I'm not saying like, yeah, just let them have free reign, do whatever they want. Like, they'll be a shithead. I don't care. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's a two-way street. Like, if you're forcing, not even forcing, because at one point she says, I don't want to go to temple or whatever. I don't want to do my bat mitzvah. Um like, if you're encouraging child to enter into this, like, agreement with, like, the community and God at 13, that they're an adult, you have to start letting them take responsibility for themselves and, like, you know, act the way that they want to be treated, kind of. So you can't expect that, but then kind of disregard that in the same vein. Yeah, but I also think that maybe the mom just thought she was helping out the friend and trying to rekindle Thoughtless. that friendship. Thoughtless. Thoughtless. Like that friend. So I still think Lydia's mom should have just watched the video before giving it to <laughs> DJ Schmully. DJ Schmully. <laughs> I'm about to, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was going with. So anyway, so back to your original question. The worst offense of the movie, in my opinion, aside from the video, is the friend kissing the other, the boy, the but crush. But she called it. The crush was dead. It had been dead for like a whole day at I that know. point. But no. No, she knew better. No, it's 
even though there are different aspects of your life, like the kissing of the crush and the dating your ex's, your your best friend's ex. Not even ex, ex crush. No, I'm just saying like they're different things right there are different levels of seriousness to that relationship mm-hmm. a 13 year old crush and like a 20 year old relationship you do not date your best friend's ex ever is there no chance for it is there a statute of limitations is not there some if, sort of asking for permission protocol where do you stand out on i'll tell that? you what this is my stance and and we can all we can all talk about it later but this is my stance i'll die on this hill if you want to maintain the relationship that you currently have with your best friend you do not date their ex don't even approach it if you want to maintain the same friendship that you have you do not date their crush under any circumstance you don't do it what if like it it ended, and then years later, you run into this person, and for some reason, you you hit it off. Then, well, that's a little different. Okay, in so the there moment, are in yes, the moment, but not like feels, back to back right away. Like yeah. there has to be. So there it, is some sort of yeah. statute of limitations. Yeah, that in the can moment, though, and, right in the moment, it's everything feels the same, right? So like, there's like this saying that like. You know, when people say, like, you don't understand how I feel, it's like the the spectrum of, like, emotions are pretty similar from person to person, right? Like, the actual, like, physiological experience of, like, having an emotion is the same. So, like, when you feel a betrayal so deep as your 13-year-old best friend kissing the boy that you like, that she knows that you like, too. Mm-hmm. It is the same as, like... Have you ever kissed someone, dated someone, gone out with somebody, danced with somebody to explicitly make somebody else jealous? Makes them jealous? Which, no. I mean, that's kind of the and play here. It's not exactly jealousy, but it's something... Or to get back at somebody or to prove a point to yeah. somebody. And that's yeah. why the girl is at fault here, the best friend. Because she knew what she was doing and it was spiteful. The intention of the act matters in this circumstance and i will say again as we've discussed how i can't stand things that are super like cringy and relatable this happened to me and oh no i know and we have since talked about it it was i actually made fun of it during my like at my uh the night before the wedding we all did like a slideshow or whatever boys that we've talked to and my best friend was there and there was an incident in middle school on our middle school field trip where i was hanging out with a different group of friends or whatever and i walked to a cabin where the cool the cooler group of friends were hanging out oh you weren't with the cool no and my Mm. best friend was there and she was kissing the boy that i like liked you know wolf boy Yes. Oh, this is Wolf Boy? This is Wolf Boy. See, even you know the tale of Wolf Boy. <laughs> even I guess you. enough, yeah. So so what I mean to say is there wasn't uh like malicious intent about that and since then we've like it's a it's a big joke now. But in the moment th- that feels so raw. And I think the movie did a good job of like portraying that like that crazy it is like a craze that like takes over your head and not to me because I'm a very rational person. So I like cried about it and then got over it once I told her how I felt about the situation. But like I could see like a teenage girl like spiraling in the depths of like her own head. 
Yeah, and they don't go like over the top with it. And she doesn't no, like dye no. the girl's hair or like anything. Like they don't light her dog on fire or something like that. Whatever she would come up with. No, nothing like that. She just it, really the the main thing that's me. I mean, she tries to like spread a few rumors about her, which is not nice. Not nice, but that's pretty like par for the course with teenagers. It's the video thing that's that's mean. I guess how she like blows up her spot with the boy. Um. By, like, telling her that, telling the guy that, like, she didn't actually kiss anybody at camp and kind of making fun of her with him when they're at the, the funeral home. Not funeral home. Uh, the old people home. Well, <laughs> but, at that point, and, and not to defend bad actions, but in, at that point, she had felt that they were no longer friends. So, like, mm-hmm. now, there's one thing about, like, not being friends and, you know, kind of talking shit behind people's back, right? When you're not friends with them. That is socially acceptable. Because that's sometimes how you make new bonds with other people. I'm not saying too enemy of my enemy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but that's how the Cold War starts, Jen. Well, I don't know anything about that, (laughs) so so I have no comment. So there's so that's that's one thing, right? And that is slightly defendable. The rationale of that is defendable, not the actions. Again, Um, but however, none of the not like. None of it has to be like real mature adult dependable yes. because we're talking about teenagers right. and they're always going to make the wrong decision. However, the video is just cruelty because you're taking something that you both agree that was like a shared thing between you guys and you're using it to humiliate her, right? The That's what I mean about the intent. The intent was malicious and like the actual act of like making a video like that is very, it's a very cruel thing to do. Especially, to another person. And then for it to be like in a large consumption. This isn't yes. something she sent to somebody else and then, oh, they posted it. I'm so sorry. Like, it's just like you straight up just did this. Yes. Like one thing you do between another person, you know, like, you know, the confines of like a single conversation. Things could be misconstrued or whatever. Um, but it's such a public way. It's very, very, very cruel and hard to come back from. There was too much pop music in it to a distracting awful, level where they would play of pop music. They would play literally 10 seconds of a song just to introduce a scene and then it would be over. It wouldn't be important to it thematically. They wouldn't do any sort of, you know, the, like the shots didn't really line up with the music. It would just start to fade out and be like, OK, we, we got that one. But you want to know what? I've thought about this a lot because we've seen a lot of like teen centric movies and shows and stuff where there's a lot of pop music. Which like is, that summer I turned pretty. Yeah. So automatic tell that this content is not meant for me. And I'm okay with that now. As long as you have that tell where it's like, I promise you, you are not our target audience. I'm okay with that. So me not being the target audience for this movie, understandable. I'll let it I'll let it slide. However, way too much pop music. Yeah, I mean, are there a bunch of people who are like Sadie Sandler fans and are checking this movie out? Like, I feel like that's the introduction for me is I'm like, oh, another Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, I'll check this out. But it's very much a it's not quite like a kid's movie. It definitely earns its PG-13 rating, but it also kind of gave me the vibes of like, remember like Max Keeble's Big Move? That's the kind of movie it reminded me of, but a, a little bit more mature. It's It's weird because I find these like, tween type movies go into like a weird space now and i think it's because of how much these kids are online that Mm. they're not as like shielded so they're not as goofy silly like how nickelodeon and like disney channel shows were i feel like when we were kids they're a little bit more like 
in reality and a little bit more mature in probably a way. more of the um maybe you've seen these films more in the genre of like uh confessions of a teenage drama queen and like big fat liar mm-hmm. versus max keebler's big move and name keeble keeble sorry keebler yeah, yeah, get elf. it right he's a patron saint <laughs> so yeah maybe it's a little bit more in that we're like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, she, like, sneaks off to, like, New York by herself, like, abandons her friend in some really seedy club to go, like, yeah. but hang it's out also with a rock star who is going to assault her. Yeah. But he's too drunk. <laughs> like, so there is, like, mature content in that sense, but, like, it's still for kids to get something out of. Well, I'm, like, thinking of something. I mean, this one is more recent. I've never seen it, but I've seen clips of it just from various things I've seen on YouTube before. But, like, Diary of a Wimpy Kid is also, like, sixth, seventh graders. And that feels very much more on the other side where it's going way towards toward. Yeah. Yeah. For kids. So, eh, maybe they've been making these movies like this for a while. But this one felt like a true PG-13 movie that it's not a it's not a kids movie but like it, it could be for teenagers easily but it just doesn't have but that it, like but it's not mean girls it's not that either which is for teenagers no 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 mean girls like is 17 to 18 year olds i love mean girls <laughs> you say mean girls is for me so good enough that i will check out the next time janice Adam i am not Sandler. stopping this car Next time Adam Sandler drops a Netflix movie, no, I'll watch it. No, And we'll talk about it again, just please, so everybody please can... Please don't make me. Please don't make There me. was an O'Doyle Rules reference. There was. Yeah. The one... The, really, that was the best contribution of that that kid. Yeah. Sarah... Uh, Sarah... Uh, Sarah Gold something? Who? The girly Sarah from... Sarah Sherman? Sarah Sherman. That was fun. She was funny. She yeah. was funny. I like her. I like... The Shabbat Shalom. I say Mazel all the time, and people are like, Jen, I didn't know you were Jewish. I'm like, I'm not fucking Jewish. But like. <laughs> they were singing to go to the bathroom more who, quickly, go quickly. Who doesn't love a good Mazel? Hey, Mazel. Oh, congrats on the baby, Mazel. It's like perfect. So it's either Mazel or to Kevin Bacon. That's where you go. Any sort Instead of, of a cheers. Yeah, I do toast. Fun fact about me uh, anytime you do shots with me, I will toast to Kevin Bacon. He saved an entire town from a danceless existence. Good for him. I mean, I think the town would have been fine. I don't think they were going to die. I don't know the full plot to Footloose. What is the actual threat? Just that they can't dance? They can't dance. And the guy's going to beat him up. I don't know. The church and dancing? I don't know. Then he dances in that barn, that industrial building. Yeah. That's a crazy scene. It's more like gymnastics than dancing. Yeah. It is a feat. Footloose. yeah, but yeah, Shabbat Shalom. Throw a throw whenever you're like out and about. Throw a Shabbat Shalom. Like it, it's a great time. Oh, so Shabbat Shalom. This is how you cheers with people in different Holla cultures bread. in different ways. A how-to list, something that sometimes you need, and sometimes you get it in video form. Which brings us to our next topic. Uh, a little rocky, but okay. <laughs> it worked. It all tied in. <laughs> How to with John Wilson is something we discovered late 2020, I believe, is when it premiered, or at least close to when it premiered. And I watched a couple episodes, and I was like, I think Jen should watch this too. And I introduced you to it, and now we've gone through three seasons, and it was just its a uh, its series finale because it sounds like John Wilson, who is the John Wilson in How to with John Wilson, has decided he wants to move on to other things. But as it comes to an end, we we finish the series and. To me, it's just like 
so delightful because not very often do you feel like you have no idea where something you're watching on TV is going, especially something that it's like part doc, part reality, but it's definitely curated at the same time. You don't know exactly how much, but there's, you know, you'd feel like you have a good idea of like what's going to happen. But the conceit of the show is that it's how to something. And it always starts with some random task that, that he would like to learn how to do. The final one was how to track your package. But it ends up being about people <laughs> in cryo sleep. Yeah. And you, at the end of the episode, you have to sit there and it reminds me of like, if you think back to like, the, oh, 25 minutes ago when this Simpsons episode started, this was the original thing they were doing. Homer had to go do something at the at the at the Krusty Burger. And then by the end of it, Bart's in a circus. You know, like that, and it's like, wait, actually, how did we get there? And, like, technically it makes sense, all the little jumps they make, but you're so far from where you were at the beginning to where you are at the end. And that's pretty much every episode of How To with John Wilson. That if you go back and you go, I guess that is how he got here, but you never know how he's going to get there. You never know where he's going to go, and by the end, you really forget what the original How To was. Anyways, and it's always funny when they put it up on the screen again. How To X, and you're like, oh, yeah, this was supposed to be about that. It never really is. <laughs> yeah, I, you got me on board. I I was not on board at first. And then that first episode that you made me watch was the scaffolding one. That was the first episode? Yeah. That I think you that's my favorite watch. all time. Yeah, because you have infinite crane theory, which is not dissimilar to the scaffolding thing when cranes come up in that I don't think episode. I've ever explained infinite crane theory on here. So Oh, you really don't have to. It's real quick. It doesn't take long. Even though it's about something that is infinite, it takes about two sentences to explain. <laughs> so you've probably, like me, walked through a city before and seen something under construction. Very, very, very large crane helping put up this building. And you say, that's a pretty big crane. How do you suppose they take that down? Now, some people have liked to throw in facts and resources <laughs> at me that say that some cranes kind of have a, a way to self build themselves down. Sometimes they can get even get like built into the structure they're building. Other times there's special helicopters that come and take. No, no big crane. How are you supposed to get that down? Probably another crane, but that would be a bigger crane. So how are you supposed to get that crane down? Another crane, so on and so forth. So there's always a crane that's bigger that is taking down the previous crane. Hence, infinite crane theory. Infinite crane fact. <laughs> I have decided just now that infinite crane theory is no longer a theory. It has been proven. Call it. What time is it? It is 9.34 p.m. Infinite crane theory has been upgraded to infinite crane facts. Someone call the president. <laughs> yes, get, get the president on the horn. <laughs> um, okay, so back to scaffolding. Yeah, so it's funny. I do like the show, so I was pleasantly surprised. It's also how like much I intriguing. Sometimes not harrowings, maybe not quaint. The right word, quaint. It a little bit quaint. inspiring. Yeah, there's a lot of different things, and yeah, you don't quite know how serious he is. How much of it was this was something he did and he worked it into this episode versus how much of this was like, I do believe that his many of his encounters, the ones that he plays off, at least his chance are by chance. But I don't always believe that he was actually working on this episode 
when this happened. He mm. just looks for the the connective pieces to kind of put it together and have it. So what you're watching the whole time when he's saying how to is essentially unless it's the specific interviews or where he ends up and he's really filming that stuff. So you're a little bit more introduced to that. But a lot of his like monologuing, especially at the beginning of an episode, is B-roll of New York City, mostly yeah. New York City. So he lives in New York and he's just constantly filming things, a dog eating out of a trash can, uh, a human walking very slowly with a cane. A pigeon with a piece of spaghetti on its back. Yeah, there's this most recent episode, it had like, styrofoam and like hair and leaves and debris like spinning in like a tornado formation and like he always it's fun sometimes to match what he's saying to what he's showing and you're like okay i get how those are connected but generally Mm -hmm. they're not it's just a very creative way to use all of his b-roll yeah no agreed and it's interesting too the stories that he finds from the people like the random people that he ends up interviewing. So in this most recent season, he like talks to a woman because she has a van and she's like doing something with it or whatever. And then on the off chance, she mentions that she's going to Burning Man. Like she's getting the van ready to go to Burning Man. He's like, oh, can I come? So then he ends up going to Burning Man, but then he can't use any of that footage. So he has to pivot again for the the remainder of that episode or whatever. Yeah, and it's uh this would be 2022's Burning Man in case not, anybody's listening. It was not this one. It was not a part of yeah all the disaster that was out there with the, did you the hear, flooding and getting stuck. Did you hear that it rained like the same amount like a three days equivalent worth of rainfall in like 24 hours or something? No, but that sounds like a lot of rain. It was some something crazy like that in the middle of the desert, which it doesn't rain in the desert. From what I, I I've never been to that desert. Let's so I can't suppo- confirm or deny how much rain it usually gets. But. Yeah, I don't know much about like monsoon season in deserts and how all that works, but sounds like a Fig- bad plan. You figure they've been having it for a while. They would know what week to go. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Like Diplo and Chris Rock were there. But John Wilson also didn't know which week to go because it turns out there was a documentary crew that had exclusive rights <laughs> to it and then he couldn't use that. He's definitely traveled before. Like, he went to Vegas to go see his old landlord. He did that one. I can't remember where he went. Maybe that somewhere in Colorado. That was a good episode when he, buys the, when he buys the, like, apartment from her. Yeah. The building. He buys the building. That, that one's fun. That's a good one. And that's one of the ones, yeah, that's a little more, like, heart-touching and stuff. His little relationship. They watch Jeopardy together. That is fun stuff. Uh, but, yeah, then he goes and visits her in Las Vegas, which is where she, like, retired to. And there's another episode where he, like, goes to Colorado, and he has that... This is, I think, right before he came back and then, like, COVID started, like, affecting, like, you know, the things in his shot and he went through that. Um, but he was trying to get the the chip bag to explode. Oh, he, yeah. He, like, hired a guy in, an, <laughs> in a helicopter to keep bringing him up further up the mountain to see if the bag would finally explode. It didn't, but it did get very puffy. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing is, like, because it's not planned, sometimes that's it. It's just, oh, I actually didn't do the thing I was planning on. The, uh... This is just reminding me, too. I really like the plastic f- covers for the sofas. I like that episode. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. I'm sitting here thinking about, are we convincing people to watch this or not to watch this? And I can't decide if we're selling it or not. If you're somebody who is just curious about random things and you like to know a little bit about a lot, then I think you would really enjoy it. I think that's kind of where I approach it is like, no, I would not watch an entire documentary on 
a vacuum cleaner convention or a Mandela effect convention. He ends up at a lot of conventions. Yeah. Apparently that's where you can, it makes sense. People who are the most interested in weird, peculiar things have a convention. Then they're all together. You can talk to all of them, but individually they are sometimes interesting. Sometimes it's subjects you don't really want to know more about. Remember like when he, there's like a whole back half of an episode about a guy trying to regrow his foreskin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like he has like a contraption that like weighs down. Yeah. I think I blocked that, repressed that one. Yeah. So sometimes you end up with that, but you don't know how you're going to get there along the way. Yeah. I think if you're a person that likes low stakes, little adventures, nothing serious, just kind of fun, easy watching, funny, low stakes adventures. Yeah, and we mentioned this last week, too, that like he showed up at that Coney Island bathroom on the boardwalk that we yeah. had been to. That was interesting. Watching it as a native New Yorker, is there anything to you that like stood out as like, yeah, it, it is like that? Or, oh, I've totally seen that before, even though it looks like this crazy piece of B-roll that he has for the show, but you feel like you feel seen in those moments. Yeah, I was going to say, it's usually when... There's something crazy going on and everyone's just going about their business. That's probably when I'm the most like, yeah, that's right. That that feels right. Like the beginning and end. Like the episodes always begin and they always end in New York. Like he always goes back. And that's, yeah, where you get that of like, yeah, that happens in movies sometimes where the, somebody will be doing something and they'll, everybody will be looking at him and stuff. And it's like, actually, they're just really in New York. People just keep walking. Generally, I don't know how crazy an event has to get for people to actually look up in that city, but it generally is more than just somebody doing something kind of off kilter. Yeah, it has to be like almost dangerous, borderline dangerous. But even the girl with the bottle on the subway that one time, most people were yeah. more upset that we had to get off of the subway car. We all I was had upset. To, yeah, we all had to get off because... A lady decided she wanted to throw a bottle and threaten people. She then, was checking the structural integrity of it by hitting it up against the metal pole that you hold on to while so you ride the subway. My point is that nobody was really concerned for anyone else's safety. They just wanted to get where they were going. And for the most part, New Yorkers are like that. We just want to get where we're going and that's it. Kind of makes me want to record like my own how-to. Maybe we should do that once for a podcast. Do a how-to and say that we're going to do a chore and just see where it leads us for what, half the day. What do you start with? How to change your windshield wipers. That's something we'll have to do on the cars eventually. So, Well, we'll, how to change tire. I know how. You don't. I've never changed a tire, but I do understand the basic concepts of it. You know, you have to un screw the, the the nuts a mm -hmm. little bit before you jack it up and then you do that and then you put it on and you tighten them okay so but you're saying you don't know how that you've never I'm done saying it. I've never done it so okay. you're right it probably wouldn't go perfectly but I do but I technically, have I just, when did you do it let the record show that I helped change a tire on the side wait of wait, wait 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 now it's help change a tire I thought you changed a tire which one is it are you Ralphie or are you Ralphie's dad Oh, fudge. Remember, he drops all the, the nuts and bolts. Oh, no, no, no. I was story. definitely uh, definitely Ralphie's dad. Like, I was the you one. You took charge. Yes, I was the one. It was it was night. I was the one with the flashlight, reading the instructions, getting the stuff out of the car, blah, blah, blah. Did you physically do it as well? I didn't do the jack part. 
because I was just a weak little girl. I can't do all those things by myself. Um, but I did everything else, the more important things. Okay, so we should do that. We should try to change a tire, and then we'll see what else that brings us throughout the day. Yeah. Maybe like, that one. Let's see. What else is more like, like conceptual? Something that's, yeah, a little bit more... Like how to do like Sudoku. Like I cannot figure out how to do Sudoku. What do you mean you can't figure it out? I don't know how to do it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know the rules. Anytime I try to do it, it's wrong. I don't know how to do it. So it's a nine by nine. I don't care also. Right? I think it's nine by nine. I think I should have prefaced it with I don't care to learn how to do Sudoku either. So yeah, it's a three by three and then you're supposed to do each three by three little box. is supposed to have the numbers one through nine and then each line over... Horizontally and vertically, you're supposed to have the numbers one through nine. So you have to match them all up and make sure that there's no repeating numbers either in the box. But boxes there are already the numbers rows. in the box. Yeah, that's just so you have a place to start. Otherwise, you, if it was just an empty box, you could just do the same pattern every time. It's just supposed to challenge you to figure out the different ways. No. <laughs> Your answer to that is no? Maybe how to do a crossword is better. You know that how to one, do a crossword puzzle? I know how to do that, but like. How to be good at it is different than knowing how to do it. I guess. So like you would have to, I'm trying to think of like the ways that the episode could develop. So like you get a crossword puzzle. First, you have to learn how to read. Then you have to learn where to get a newspaper. So you get the newspaper. Then you got to do it. Then you realize once you, you know some of the answers, but you know all of them. Also, you don't know how to smell, spell things really good. So maybe you go to like a children's spelling bee or something. Okay. Or, you know, like you figure out like, oh, like I don't know enough like knowledge i need a quick way to learn a lot of things so like you try to like do jeopardy i like that or maybe something like you get a a hint and it's some sort of old-timey actress or something and you you're like i don't know this one and you you figure out what it is and you look up that person and it turns out that person's going to be at the clippers game or something you know like celebrities come and like do those like old things or Mm -hmm. they, they come around Maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. people do. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, people used to do crosswords all the time on the subway. So like that's easy. You just talk to people on the subway. Okay, so someone call call this guy and tell him to not let that be a series finale and call us and then we'll do something. One more thing on it, and they get to this at the end because he gets like sad that like it's not really like gaining him the notoriety that he thought it would. He like goes back to his college campus at one point and nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is at the Emmy party he can't even get into the hbo after party he's not even on the list even though his show with his name in it was nominated for an emmy that year so he's getting really bummed out about it and then this final episode he deals with like oh have we ever lied like what was fake and he explains that this recreation of a toilet and a bathroom completely backing up with sewage was something that he thought was really interesting and decided to recreate because he also needed for the tax benefits of filming in new york to do one like staged thing, like actually on a sound stage, and so that's what he decided to do for that season. Uh, but then he kind of plays with you a little bit, and yeah. there's like a oh a car blows up, and there's somebody who's sending him sending him threatening messages via email, and you like know he's lying, but it still makes you, you're like so what part is true and what is and like so he just kind of he leaves that at the end of like now you should think about it. What is true and what is not, what is planned and what is actually just fortuitous for how we ran into people and how we got to things. And yeah, I think it'd be fun to watch back through with a more eye leaning towards that and seeing like, I don't know if I buy this one, but he claims pretty much everything is how it's presented. I think where the fabrication is, is 
the connections and the narration he does mm-hmm. under it. And that's where he weaves a, a story. Even like the last episode. Um, so he so it's like how to track your package. And he ends up with this whole thing. It's like it's much harder to keep track of or keep safe like uh, like biomedical like shipping and stuff like that and like organic material. So he tells his like production team to like schedule an interview with an organ shipper and he ends up at like an organ like piano shop and then ends up in Arizona. And then he then he follows that organ being shipped to Arizona and then when he's there that's when I would guess like maybe he looks into it a little bit or does he really ch- cuz he meets that guy He meets the guy at the, the pizza- organ restaurant. Yeah, next to the so he meets the guy at the organ pizza shop next to the Oregon piano shop. And he happens to be a guy who is very involved with this Alcor company that basically cryogenics. cryonics. Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah, you're freezing your, your head or your body or your organs or whatever in uh liquid nitrogen to keep them alive. And it's like, did he really just run into that? Cause like, that's a perfect tie in to what he's doing. And then you think, well, he is at the organ restaurant unless he somehow hit this guy up and like asked him to meet him there and then plays it off that way. But I don't know. It's hard to decide and the people, which part is true. The people that end up being like part of the focal points for these, like it seems so genuine that it's hard to believe that it is false or like a like a you know but in those, meeting. In those final two episodes, I can't remember which one it was which one it was in, he finally shows a payment to the guy. He yeah. hands the guy an envelope with it, and the guy, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. People get paid to be in documentaries to give you their time, but I feel like that's a a choice that had not been shown mm-hmm. ever before. And Even so now this- you're going, okay, so who did he pay and who was just somebody he was just talking to who was nice enough to be like, yeah, come on in. Even this last season, like you heard more of the, oh, I'm filming for HBO. Yeah. At the beginning More of, of him from behind the camera. Yeah. Like actually in shot now mm-hmm. than ever before. He, he had questions before, but now it was like more like, yeah, he was talking to people and nobody ever cared. I would have I would have loved to run into John Wilson while he was still making this show. Yeah. But I mean he's buying the camera so much that I really don't even know offhand exactly what he like I have an idea and if like I saw a picture of him in context I would be I would know who he was. But if somebody just tomorrow showed me a picture and say, Do you know who this guy is? and it was John Wilson, I'm not hundred percent sure I'd be able to say, Oh yeah, that's John Wilson. I think if you sent him an email, if somehow you got a hold of his like email address john at hbo.com correct i don't know if he would respond to it but i i would put a decent amount of money maybe 15 dollars that he would read it all right that's fair i'll have to give that a try and i'll let everybody know what what happens with me trying to contact (laughs) maybe he'll be a guest on chops tv that would be fun yeah how to gamble is another good how-to. Yeah. I don't think he's going to come on Chops TV. Though. I don't think so either. But I mean, he was on Jimmy try. Kimmel Live. Maybe, maybe, a okay. Little bit bigger maybe instead get. of how to do a crossword puzzle, maybe we do how to get a big person on, on your, your podcast. podcast. Ooh, that's, that's a good idea. And then we can, if it doesn't work out, we can just podcast about it. Or we could just story. call, we could just call Bone. And just have him? <laughs> Not yeah. just have him. We like him. T-Bone, we're settling for your level of celebrity. <laughs> Sorry. Please come on our podcast. Hey, they have a beer and their own podcast. Yes. I, one last thing. And I said that already, but one last thing. <laughs> I was surprised, too, as you learn more about it, 
like just how big his like production team was because there is almost like you you realize that it does have to be something and it's an HBO funded show, but there is a little bit of a feeling of this is just some guy like walking he does around it with on a camera. His own. And I wonder how much of it when he started that that's what it was because he had been filming just randomly for a large portion of his life. It's just something he picked up. I, he goes over it in one of the episodes around when he was a teenager. And it just always kind of felt comfortable, like, walking around with the camera. So that's where a ton of this footage comes from. But, yeah, how much of it is, like, from other people or things that are more set up with his team? Is that only when he's going to official interviews or staging a sewage backup? I don't know. I don't know. Tax breaks. That's what we'll have to ask him when it comes on Chops TV. Yeah. Shabbat Shalom, John. If you've seen How To with John Wilson, hit us up at underscore Chops TV on Twitter. Give us a follow as well. Let us know what your favorite episode is. And if you are still in on the Adam Sandler Netflix movies. Jen, you ready for the next one? No. Ah, we'll have to see. Chops TV back next week, possibly (laughs) with another Adam Sandler movie. Definitely Friday Night Lights. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you.